Hey everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Bar Talk, the podcast for the North Carolina State Bar. Uh, I'm your host today, Peter Bolak, Assistant Executive Director at the State Bar, and I'm here with Brian Oten. Hello everyone. Brian is our Ethics Counsel at the State Bar, and we are back for another edition of a quarterly meeting recap. I know that our listeners have just been waiting patiently uh, for this next episode. So thank you for your patience. Yeah, there's been a you know a few tears on our end uh, trying to get this thing done, and it really uh, you know we we really dropped the ball and 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 dropped the mic. But we're here. Say. We're here. We're yeah. we're ready with some updates from the state bar council. Some updates on what's going on with the the ethics program, and uh, we're just ready to go. So Peter, you so want to jump into yeah, it? Yeah, let's get to it. Um, due to uh, ongoing health concerns with the uh, Omicron variant and the, and the pandemic, the state bar was uh, once again uh, forced to hold remote meetings. And so we conducted the quarterly meetings in January via Zoom and streamed the, the open meetings on the state bar's YouTube page. Uh, and, and it was another successful quarterly meeting. Um, the, the first thing to mention is that we welcomed a, a great new class of counselors. Um, every right. year you end up with some new state bar counselors just because the counselors' terms end and they rotate off. And uh, But this year we had a, 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 a big class. This is going to be one of the biggest classes we've had in a while. And so we, we're happy to welcome Michael Peters from Tarboro. Uh, Mark Herring from uh, Lenore County, Ashley Campbell from Wake County here in Raleigh, uh, Kimberly Moore from here in Raleigh, Meredith Nicholson from Durham, uh, Judge Tom Langan from Pilot Mountain, Manisha Patel from Greensboro, George Lauren from Charlotte, Tamika Shafiq Horton from Charlotte, and uh, T. Greg Jones from Salisbury. We also are welcoming Mary Oxley from uh, Forest City, North Carolina, and Zeeland McKinney from Murphy. Uh, it's one of the largest classes that I've had, I've been a part of here at the bar, and I, I think we're expecting big things from these new counselors. Absolutely. Brian, you're going to get us uh, kick-started by giving us some updates from uh, the actions and activities of the Ethics Committee. Right, and uh, I know everybody's uh, uh, everybody who's listening to this right now who's either driving or perhaps uh, running on a treadmill, you know, get ready, uh, because this is going to be some exciting stuff. Uh, but truthfully, uh, the ethics process, as you know, is, is here. It's one of our most proactive efforts that we have to, to protect the public. Um, and we protect the public by stepping alongside lawyers and, and offering guidance uh, on a variety of issues. So the Ethics Committee uh, this past quarter uh, met and uh, recommended, and the council ultimately uh, accepted the recommendation to adopt three different opinions. Uh, these are opinions that were previously published, and we received comment on them. And uh, in light of that comment, the committee and the council uh, ultimately agreed to, again, adopt these opinions. We're talking about the uh, the first one uh, addressing a lawyer's uh, ability to handle contraband, um, namely uh, sexually explicit images of minors, which is uh, an issue that sometimes comes up in domestic practices, uh, an opinion that addresses a departing lawyer's email account and what firms have to do when a lawyer leaves that law firm, uh, uh, what they have to do with that email account, um, whether or not to keep it open for some period of time or put it in auto-reply. There's a lot of good pointers in that opinion. Uh, and the last one deals with uh, charging fees to a separately 
represented party in a real estate transaction. All of these different new formal ethics opinions will be on the State Bar's website uh, for your uh, perusal and, and to serve as a resource. Um, we also uh, issued a new formal ethics opinion for publication. This is 2022 FEO1. It deals with uh, the uh, the conflict and really kind of the tension that's created when a lawyer will serve the dual role of guardian ad litem and attorney advocate. Uh, so that that opinion is out for publication. If you have any sort of comment on on what uh, what we issued, uh, feel free to send your comments to ethicscomments at ncbar.gov. Uh, but really, the I'd say that one of the the bigger issues that was that was published this year, or excuse me, this this quarter, uh, was a, a set of rule amendments that deal with confidentiality of information. And this really stems from an opinion that was published in 2020 uh, dealing with the confidentiality of information contained in the public record. And I think our... Uh our longtime listeners will be well-versed in this opinion yes. because we've been bringing it up almost every quarter for the right. last year. Right. The subcommittee debated this, as well as the full ethics committee debated this over uh, all of 2021 in what seemed to be an aeonic process. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, we find, we find ourselves uh, finally here in January 2022 with a, a proposed uh, resolution to the issue. Uh, and this is uh, an amendment that, uh, uh, that we have for the Rules of Professional Conduct. Uh, the First Amendment is to Rule 1.6, uh, which deals with confidentiality of information. It's a proposed amendment to the comment that basically says a lawyer's legal research and legal knowledge gained during the course of the representation uh, is not to be considered confidential. A client doesn't have any ex expectation of privacy with that information. Uh, but then the more substantive amendment deals with Rule 1.9, and, and this is where we find ourselves in a departure from what is currently the state of the rules. You know, Currently, uh, lawyers are supposed to keep everything that they learn during the course of a representation confidential. This amendment to Rule 1.9 would basically say that when you're dealing with a former client's information, not current client, a former client's information, uh, yes, lawyers are still supposed to keep that confidential, except that a lawyer can reveal or disclose information uh, about a former client if that information is contained in a public record, if it was disclosed at a public hearing or was otherwise publicly disseminated, provided that disclosure is not going to be embarrassing or detrimental to the client. So those uh, proposed amendments, the, both the comment to Rule 1.6 as well as the substantive amendments to Rule 1.9 are going to be published in the State Bar Journal as well as put on the State Bar's website, along with that 20, the proposed 2022 FEO1 uh, again, we welcome comments from the profession. This is your chance to get involved in the self-regulation of our profession. Every comment is considered, and you can send those comments to ethicscomments at ncbar.gov. Brian, there was an um, uh, amendment to the Rules of Professional Conduct, a proposed uh, comment regarding cultural competency um, is can you give us a little update on that? Sure. So the uh, the proposed comment to Rule 1.1, uh, this was something that was originally published, uh, I believe, after the April 2021 meeting. Uh, after receiving some comment, the Ethics Committee sent it back to subcommittee. The subcommittee revised the uh, proposed language and ultimately published a new version of the proposed comment. The comment uh, states essentially that a lawyer's competency is enhanced by their awareness and knowledge of 
implicit bias and other cultural differences that can impact the representation. It is an aspirational comment. It is something that, uh, again, really just kind of tries to emphasize that, that not to say that a lawyer is incompetent if they don't know about that, but that their representation of a client is really made that much better if they are aware of those issues that can impact the representation. That was uh, published over the past quarter. We received uh, just one comment that uh, really raised uh, some concerns or similar concerns to things that were previously raised, and the Ethics Committee did not feel that the uh, the comment received really uh, uh, compelled further consideration. So they recommended adoption of that comment to Rule 1.1 to the Council, and the Council ultimately approved uh, the, uh, the comment and has sent that on to the Supreme Court for review. Well, again, uh, the Ethics Committee, uh, once again, doing great work. Um, and, you know, the, the formal ethics committee meets every quarter, but the state bar's ethics department is always on standby for uh, lawyers to get advice and seek, um, seek opinions and seek advice, informal advice or in confidential advice on, uh, their, on the rules of professional conduct. There are a number of ways to seek that advice. Um, right. And, I, and I'll say the, the, the primary way is to send us an email at ethicsadvice at ncbar.gov. Um, people, of course, will call. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, you can call the state bar. And if you're in a, an emergency situation, uh, then you can tell the receptionist that you are a lawyer seeking ethics advice and you have an emergency. And, and the receptionist will try to find uh, someone on the ethics staff just immediately to, to contact or to respond back to you and, and provide that advice. But there's a new way. Yeah, this to, is a great uh, to, little segue here right. uh, into uh, something that I'm sure many of you have already experienced at the State Bar is our new member portal um, it, where you are now able to pay your dues and file your CLE annual report form and even request ethics advice in the portal. Uh, one of the neat things about requesting ethics advice in the portal is uh, the advice that you get will be available and uh, you'll be able to see the history of your uh, of the ethics advice that you have sought and received through the uh, ethics department all uh, you know kept and accessible in your member portal uh, we've had a, a great experience so far with this rollout a lot of lawyers in their paying dues well over 10,000 lawyers have already filed their annual report forms for CLE uh, we're excited to have this new uh, all-in-one portal and continue to add to it over the next uh, over the year, and we're really excited to have it and have that there for you. Um, so back to the quarterly meeting, uh, Brian. We uh, one of our uh, biggest uh, committees for um, activity is is typically the issues committee, and so they've kicked off the year again. Um, the, the first thing that they did was hear some reports uh, from various subcommittees that were working all throughout last year in 2021. And uh, if you give us a little uh, update on those reports. Sure. So the reports that were presented at the January meeting were the, uh, the final report and recommendations from the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, as well as the uh, subcommittee studying regulatory change. And uh, both of these committees uh, were, were meeting, like Peter said, over the past year, um, engaged in a great number of, of heavy discussions, uh, and their reports are, are presented to the Issues Committee uh, ultimately to, to review those recommendations and see what, uh, what action, if any, the State Bar Council wants to take. Um, the, the tough thing, though, 
is that because of the significance and the importance of the topics addressed in these meetings, um, you know, really Zoom conversations uh, or Zoom meetings really do not lend themselves well to uh, to, to thorough conversations where everybody can uh, have the opportunity to be heard and, and feel heard. So uh, the issues committee uh, in both uh, regards uh, decided to hold off debate on those uh, different reports and the recommendations therein until the April meeting. So uh, you can check back after the April 2022 meeting to see exactly what the issues committee has done uh, and what uh, what steps may be taken based upon those reports. But in the meantime, they're uh, essentially in a holding pattern. But certainly because those reports were very um, thorough uh, in their their substance and again in their recommendations, uh, the State Bar Council has that much more time to really review and, and dig into the recommendations. I expect a very good debate in April. And another um, committee tied in with the Issues Committee that's really been doing uh, work for now a couple of years is is the uh, committee that's studying and looking at proactive management-based regulation and, you know, tie that in also with some cybersecurity uh, concerns. And right. so uh, I think we're, we're, we've seen some good progress there and, and something, some sort of product that is, is on the way here for lawyers. Right. And this, like you said, Peter, this stems or goes back a couple of years. Uh, and uh, ultimately, we, some of you may be listening that remember a survey being sent out to the, uh, to the profession uh, asking questions about what the state bar can do to assist lawyers proactively in maintaining these standards that we have through the rules of professional conduct. Uh, and one of the um, one of the, the big things, the big takeaways from that survey was that folks were looking for guidance on cybersecurity issues. And so for the past year or so, the PMBR slash cybersecurity committee has been working on creating uh, a resource that can be sent out to all of the lawyers in North Carolina uh, that uh, essentially operates as a kind of a self-assessment, uh, provide some information, provide some uh, some resources that somebody can look at, um, as well as relevant uh, ethics considerations, but ultimately ask a number of questions uh, that will help you to really kind of objectively and candidly assess, you know, are you doing everything that you can to protect the information, the sensitive information that's in your possession? So um, that cybersecurity and, and PMBR committee, uh, they are uh, on the verge of releasing this resource. Um, they're looking at ways to uh, really to, to uh, kind of, I, I don't want to say market the resource, but really just make it accessible, make it um, engaging. Uh, and I think uh, you should see something hopefully at the April meeting. And, and the Issues Committee begins its work in 2022 with, uh, with new ideas and obviously with guidance from the, the new president. And Darren Jordan, our president right now, is, is asked the Issues Committee to look into what uh, has been called and termed uh, legal deserts. Um, other states have looked in at this situ uh, at this issue. It's uh, typically been defined as areas in which there's uh, you know w a lot more people and population in an area than there are the number of lawyers to able to properly represent them. And uh, in, in in a lot of different reports, it's been listed as about one thousand people per lawyer anything more than that is could be considered a, a legal desert and and so the issues committee is going to tackle this uh you know study this this year and see you know look at the data here in north carolina try to identify some of these areas also identify what are the possible solutions or possible ways not necessarily to solve the issue but try to improve uh improve the access to justice uh across the state that's not just uh in the big cities and so 
we've we've done some preliminary looks at at the at the different counties across the state, and it's really about half the state half the counties in North Carolina could be considered a legal desert if you're using the right. one thousand to one ratio. Uh, so there, that was surprising it, it is to me, very I have surprising. To say. Yeah, it's 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 forty forty eight of the fifty or uh, forty eight of the one hundred counties have fewer than um, one lawyer per one thousand residents, and uh, the the smallest being Camden County which has two lawyers and uh, 10,000 people, and the largest being, as you might guess, uh, is the, the three largest are Wake County, Mecklenburg County, and Orange County. Uh, Orange County does not have a lot of people, but it has a lot of lawyers tied in with the university, right, obviously. Right. Uh, so that's something that we're going to be looking at this year, and we're uh, uh, interested in... Um, ways to improve that access to justice across the state and we'll be giving you more information in april and throughout the year as we continue to study that issue all right so peter uh you know i know a lot of folks that that join us for this podcast are curious about what happened in the grievance committee during the quarter oh no one cares about that <laughs> that's not what everybody turns no into, one flips turns to that. In the journal no we actually <laughs> took that out this year it's going to be like a word find you got to find it in the journal we've snuck it in <laughs> various places now the uh, grievance committee did meet um and the grievance committee's full meeting happened on january 20th and there were 261 items considered by the grievance committee 201 of those files were dismissed. Uh, four files were abated. Four files were continued. One was referred to the lawyer assistance program. Three lawyers were referred to the trust account and compliance program. Four lawyers received letters of caution. Ten lawyers received letters of warning. Nine lawyers received admonitions. Uh, four lawyers received public reprimands. Two lawyers received public censures. Twelve lawyers were referred to the Disciplinary Hearing Commission for potential uh, trials related to potential suspension or disbarment for their misconduct. Uh, it's a pretty standard quarter. Uh, Grievance Committee does an incredible amount of work, and I think the new counselors probably learned very quickly the amount of material and seriousness that is um, undertaken by the Grievance Committee because it is the hardest part of our of our job, hardest part of the state bar's mission is, right. is to do that, but it is something that they take seriously and do very well. Brian, uh, the other hot topic always, and uh, you know we're two weeks in, so people might have already started getting phone calls if they're in these particular counties. But uh, where are we doing our random audits this right. quarter? So uh, you know, as we always try to emphasize, especially for those that are first-time listeners, and we talk about the random audit. The random audit is truly random. Uh, it is it not. Is. It is not something that uh, uh, that is you know kind of selected by a particular individual. It is a, a program. Uh, that, Although uh, I will say, Brian, if, if someone wanted to sponsor this podcast and keep their <laughs> county away from being randomly audited, I we're gonna know. we're gonna delete that portion. Of that <laughs> comment. Uh, but no, it, it truly is a random audit. And it so is. so it the, is. Uh, the the next uh, districts we have two districts uh, that were selected for random audit over this next quarter. That's District 11, uh, which consists of uh, Granville, Vance, Warren, and Franklin counties, and District 42 consisting of Henderson, Polk, and Transylvania counties. So if you're in any of those counties, you may get contacted by our random auditor, Ann Parkin, uh, who is a delightful person, uh, but yep. she will need to come on out there and talk with you and uh, and check out those records. And uh, by all means, uh, if there's uh, ever any sort of uh, additional uh, advice or, or questions that uh, anybody has, if even if you were not selected for a random audit and you're thinking, you know, now that I'm thinking about random audits, I need to, need to figure something out. Contact the ethics staff. We're happy to help. 
Well, we've done it again, Brian. We've made it through another quarter. Uh, the state bar continues to um, push on on its mission, yes. and we look forward to being back in person in April. And those that are listening to this podcast, you've now reached your cool down moment, so feel That's free right. to, to turn it down a little bit on the treadmill or on that bike. If, uh, you've, if you're not asleep at this point, you're going <laughs> to need to find another track to play. Uh, well, we you do have not made it. We do appreciate yeah. you all for joining us uh, and, and listening to this uh, really important information, and certainly uh, stay uh, up to date on the different publications between the State Bar Journal, the website, our social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook book and we try to get the information out uh, just as quickly as possible because it really does impact the entire profession. Uh, Thank you. And we hope to have some more podcast episodes for you coming soon this month and we'll be recording them soon. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.